0: welcome to the podcast let the prophet speak today we are continuing our study of the book of yahushua with chapter 10b um, <clears throat> and we'll complete this chapter today uh we have just read of the miraculous victory uh, of the people um over the um over the five kings who had come to kill the gibbonites uh the five Amorite kings um, and the stopping of the sun, uh, uh, in uh, over the uh, at Givon, and of that miracle. And interestingly, I do want to, we mentioned this last time, but the the miracle was initiated by a request from Joshua. Until that point, there was no overt miracles that God had performed. And whether or not that the stopping of the sun was an actual, extremely incredible overt miracle, or whether it was not, depending on which school of thought you. Um, Subscribe to the rationalists versus the non-rationalists. Um, <clears throat> regardless, uh, assuming the simple meaning of the verse that it was an incredible miracle, uh, it was a miracle asked for by Joshua as a miracle that, the pe- that Joshua, as a human being, asked God to perform. Which continues that theme that as the battles progress, we find less and less overt intervention by God. In other words, the, the crossing of the Jordan was incredible, but then Yericho, there was much more miraculous intervention. I there was a lot less, and so on. And we find less and less intervention by God until this, the last battle that we read about where the intervention was had to be requested by a human being. We'll find in the next battles upcoming that we read about today even less overt intervention by God. But let's keep reading. So so this battle uh, was complete. Uh, the sun finally did set and the five kings' were, the armies were decimated. And Joshua and the entire people of Israel with him returned back to their camp at Gilgal. And the five kings who had led the battle against them, they escaped and they ran and they hid in a cave in Makeda. And it was reported to Joshua Lamor saying as follows We have found the five kings, we know where they're hiding, we know they're hiding in this cave in Makeda. And Joshua said, Stop up the cave, put a large stones over the cave so that they're locked up in there. And post people to, to guard so that these kings cannot <coughs> you know push the stones away and get out. <laughs> um but so while we have their leaders locked, there's still remnants of the soldiers. Um don't don't stop the battle. I want you to chase after the remnants of their armies and and Zinavtem literally means be like a tail to them. In other words, harass them from behind as they try to escape in the various directions that they're running. Al titnum lovoel orehem, do not allow them to return to their cities. Um, uh, obviously, Yahushua is afraid that if they do return to the cities, there's always a chance that the panic will be over. They can regroup and, and remain a threat. Because God has placed them in your hands, continue to attack them until they're destroyed. Bahik as, as a force. Bayhik Echalos Yoshua, and now their leadership are locked up, so we know that their leaders cannot rally them and, and try to rebuild their armies. So it was when Joshua of Israel stopped until they were completely destroyed. And the, so the leaders are locked up and being guarded, and the Israelites completed, striking down the enemies, V'hasaridim Sardumahem, and there was maybe a few uh, leftovers, a few um, escapees, a few refugees, a few fugitives by a Bo'al or a Mipzar who had managed to escape into the fortified towns. Um, there were a few left. But no, no actual force, no armed force that can pose a threat. So now the nation comes back to the camp to Joshua, Makeda, who is now at Makeda, which is, the place where the cave is, Bishalom, they returned in peace there was not even a person who would who would make a snide remark uh, to, a, to a, man, a member of the Israelites. So the people of Canaan had they, had they had achieved respect. Now the people of Canaan were afraid of them and people wouldn't even make a funny face at the Israelites because they were so afraid of them. So Joshua said, now we can open the cave. Now that their armies are destroyed, we can open the cave. I want you to take out these five kings. Now, I do, do take note of the fact that in these days, uh, traditionally, um, uh, in, in when, when a conquering army conquers uh, an army, uh, and then they had the king, Uh, you can only use your imagination to imagine what kind of terrible uh, tortures and stuff they would do to celebrate their victory over that king, but in this case we don't find that type of behavior and Yahushua, you know, as we'll find out in a minute, will execute them, but still uh, have some level of respect, and he did this he took the five kings out of the cave, the king of Jerusalem The kings of all these um all these towns, the five towns. Um <clears throat> And it was when these kings were brought out in front of Joshua by Israel, and Joshua called out to all of the people of Israel, and he said to them, specifically addressing the the generals, the officers of the armies, that had been with him, Kirvu, come close, place your leg over their neck. And they came, so the, the kings were lined up, and the generals came and put their feet. Over the necks of the kings. I do not want you. Joshua did this he wanted to to inspire courage and say, do not be afraid, don't be fearful of them. to be strong and be courageous, because this symbolizes This symbolizes uh, what God, what God is going to do to all of your enemies that you are waging war against them. And then, by Joshua uh, uh, struck them down, um, and hung them on sick and five trees. Um, um, uh, and they were hanging on the trees until evening, but not for a long period of time. As we saw earlier with the king of Ai, they respectfully... Um, took down the bodies at the sunset, by when the sun set, Joshua commanded that they take them off the trees, and they put the bodies in the cave in which they had been hiding, and they, poured, they put stones over the cave, until this day, so they left them in the cave as their burial place, and then the town of Makeda, Lochad Yoshua, Joshua, captured on that day, Vayakel, Ephiherev, and he struck them down by his sword, Viet Malka, and its king, Hecherim He destroyed them, Viet Kolonep, and all of the people that lived there. Elohishir, He did not leave any refugees. Makeda, Yericho, and he did to the king of Makeda the same thing he did to the king of Yericho, of Jericho. Now we're just going to list place names and battles. It's going to be a, a little bit uh, tedious, but we're going to go through the text. He went from Makeda to Livna. He waged war against Livna. And God placed them also in the hands of the Israelites. And her king and destroyed them by sword. And the people there also no one was left. And he also executed their king, like he had done the previous ones. And then Joshua went from Livna to the town of Lachish. Um, uh, this is a famous town. Uh, this became a very important city in the, in Judea uh, throughout history. Um, <coughs> uh, but here now Joshua is capturing the city of Lachish from Canaanites. He camped against it. <in> he <Hebrew> war against it. And God... Uh, put Lachish under the hands of the Israelites and on the second day the first day they laid the siege the second day he struck them down just like he did to the other towns and then Horam the king of Gezer came to help out the town of Lachish which we just read Joshua had attacked But Joshua had already attacked Lachish. Presumably the king of Gezer didn't realize. He thought he'd be helping them out, but he came a little too late to the party. But when he came, Joshua struck his army and left no remnants of his army either. Then they went from that place to Eglon, which were against it. He destroyed them just like he did to the town of Lachish. Some places I'm not necessarily translating these terms because they're just a repeat of what had happened to the previous towns and names of the towns. Um, the, um, remember in these towns we read of no overt miracles. There's nothing super fancy happening here. Vayil kidu'a I'm sorry, from Eglon they went to Hebron, to Hebron. And I'm going to read this. And they destroyed it by sword. Again, and it's her king and all the, and the surrounding hamlets of Hebron. They destroyed it and so on. And then they went to another city. They were against Devir. The same thing. They destroyed Devir. They destroyed its king. Um, until that city was conquered as well. And then there's other towns that were, and we just here describe the region, the mountainous areas of Judea, which now would be called the Judean Mountains. Via Negev, which is the the southern portion, south of that, which is the Negev Desert. Via and the slopes, the slopes leading down towards the Mediterranean. Via and all of their kings. <coughs> uh, the Shvela is the low-lying lands vasheros are the slopes that lead down towards the Mediterranean I translated it a little wrong before, I'm sorry and all of the kings the smaller kings of all these towns lo mm-hmm. sarid no remnant achrim mm-hmm. kasher and they killed all the people um, that had been uh, uh, occupying these areas beforehand yoshua Joshua uh, struck them down from the land of Kadesh Banea all the way to Gaza, so he's reaching closer to the coast of the Mediterranean and farther south, Beit Goshen and the region of Goshen, all the way up to the land of Givon, where the big miracle that we read about earlier happened. Beit all of these kings and their lands, Lochad Yoshua Pamechas. This was a massive campaign. And within this one big campaign, Joshua took over this entire area. Why was he able to do this? Now, this is an important point because God, the Lord of Israel, was waging war for Israel. Here, the text is deliberately reminding us that despite the fact that there have been no miracles here, here we see an invading army, which is obviously has gained confidence and power and tactics, has, has won all these battles without miraculous intervention but here joshua is reminding us that even when we don't see the miraculous intervention so the uh, god is still waging war for the israelites and this is why joshua did that that uh, when he executed the five kings he wanted to remind the people that we've been seeing God recede behind his cloak, behind his curtain, behind, you know, into the background. But that doesn't mean he's not here, he's still here. Even though the human beings are doing these actions that we don't see the miracles, God is still there. And this is the lesson that we need to take in our own lives, that our efforts and the things that we do are incredible and we can accomplish incredible things. And we don't see miracles. None of us see miracles every day. God doesn't perform these miracles for us anymore. But that doesn't mean he's not there and that doesn't mean he's not supporting it. And this is the lesson to take from this part, chapter. By Joshua and, Joshua and all the people of Israel with him returned to, Lamachne, to the camp of Gilgola in Gilgal. Thank you for studying chapter 10 with me. Looking forward to studying chapter 11 and the rest of this book of Joshua together.